Welcome to Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. I'm Jackson. And I'm Sam. On today's episode, we'll be chatting all about Private Practice Season 2, Episodes 5 and 6. Episode 5, Let It Go, no, not the song from Frozen, was written by Michael Zinberg and directed by Lauren Schmidt. It aired on November 5th, 2008 to 9.54 million viewers. Episode 6, Serving Two Masters, was written by Emily Halpern and directed by Joanna Kearns. It aired on November 19th, 2008 to 7.14 million viewers. Enjoy! So Sam, what have you been up to? Um, What have I been up to? I... My friend Jonah, who I collaborate with a lot, at Jonah R. Robertson on Instagram, he wrote us um, a Bridgerton duet, me being Penelope and him being uh, Colin Bridgerton. He wrote Um, it. You didn't just record it. Wow. No, yeah, he wrote it. He's incredible. We, in the, not that we're not in the height of quarantine anymore, but like in the, April, May of quarantine, 2020, um, we did a couple duets together when he was in LA and I was in either New York or Pittsburgh. Um, I think our second one, we were both in New York, but we weren't seeing each other, but we did like bi-coastal duets. Um, and we still talk like every day, but we hadn't done a collab recently and we both loved Bridgerton. I mean, obviously it has flaws, but, um, it's just like a great Shonda show. And a great historical fiction show, which I am a gigantic history nerd. So I saw that he was writing some just like TikTok duets and stuff. So I was like, uh, we should do a call in Penelope because that like that's what we should play when it goes to wherever it's going to go to. So yeah, he wrote us a little duet of, I don't want to spoil it, but it's a scene in episode six, I believe, um, between Penelope Featherington and... Colin Bridgerton. Yeah. Jackson, you haven't seen it, right? I've not seen it, but I listened to the song. Great work, uh, both Sam and Jonah. So definitely recommend checking that out, listeners. Yeah. um, That's on my Instagram, at Samantha G. Harris, as we tell you a million times. And it's also on his TikTok and my TikTok, although I could not tell you my TikTok name. I think it's like underscore SGH underscore something. I don't know. It's like not at Samantha G. Harris because I got it at the time where only – the youngins had the TikTok and I was just kind of looking at all the stuff. Um, but now that I posted that, I was like, maybe I should change my handle again. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? TikTok is confusing. <laughs> it is. It really is for the youngins. But yeah, we had fun with that. Um, and yeah, Jonah's great. I am trying to think if he, because I know he knows how in love with the Shonda verse I am. So I don't know if we have talked about it. I don't know if he watches or if he listens, but he's going to listen to this episode because I'm going to tell him he has to. All right. Hi, Jonah. <laughs> so welcome to our very first listener mail segment. What, what? Our wonderful listener, Jade, sent us a note about last week we learned that Cooper's favorite color is chartreuse. And we were confused about why it was such a cornucopia of tones. So Jade is a um, a chef, actually. And she informed us that chartreuse is named after a liquor. It's green-yellow, depending on the kind, so it makes sense that the color is a range. It's herby and grassy. She doesn't love the taste, but it's kind of a nice color. She said, but not for clothes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Jade. Um, so thank you, Jade. Um, that was very helpful. Any more things? Any more things? Any more insights you have, please, you know, you can DM us at BHAB Podcast on Instagram or you can write us an email at bhabpodcast at gmail.com to be featured on our next listener mail segment. Please do. Yes. Oh, thank you, Jade. That was wonderful. Now I know what Chartreuse is. Uh, what's your first note for episode five? Well, Sam. My first note for episode five is Addison Montgomery. Why are you working in bed? That is so unhealthy and makes it nearly impossible for you to get good relaxation and recharging in bed, which is what that section of your home is intended for. Addison. I mean, you're, you're not wrong. Addison. You have a studio apartment. 
I live in a studio apartment and I'm working from home and I am able to designate separate spaces for working, pleasure, and relaxation within my home. Addison, you live in a house. You most (laughs) certainly can. I probably wouldn't recommend working on the deck with all those papers though because they just fly everywhere. She has other rooms. No, I know, but I'm just – if I were her, I don't know, life coach, I would say probably don't work with all those papers on the beach because they'll fly, fly away. Oh, right. Absolutely. She should work in her home office. Yes. Yes. Which I'm sure she has. I'm sure she has a room for that, but it's probably full of just boxes. Probably. What's your first note? Um, I was really surprised that Addison had a full-sized bed. It was a very small bed. And I noticed later that Pete also has a full-size bed and so does Cooper. So I'm wondering if they all just used a full-size bed, the same full-size bed, like on set. I don't know. Maybe. It was a very small bed. Yeah, it was. (laughs) I feel like she's a king kind of gal. Maybe even a California king. Aha, in Cali. And (laughs) speaking of these beds, yay Pete with this anti-smoking pillow talk. What an icon. Watching out for the health of Meg and the viewers. Yeah. Thank you, Pete. I agree. I agree. My next one is Sam keeps talking about sowing his oats. I don't want Sam to sow any more oats. He has Naomi. He does. And and they're getting sweet little Maya's hopes up. I was so excited to see Maya. I have that in my miscellaneous section because I didn't want the opening to drag on too much. But I, I was so happy to see Maya because I don't think we've seen her since her, you know, fake pregnancy scam we never found out about her friend if her friend was okay i assume she was i'd hope so yeah not many people die on this show yeah but anyway maya when i saw her what a strange reaction opening up the door on your parents (laughs) sleeping together and smiling (laughs) and asking are you getting back together instead of being horrified Uh, what a what a strange reaction sweet little maya yeah i don't understand (laughs) i'm she really wants them back together i guess yeah. Even if it's not for the best. But like we know, as I mentioned in our in our pilot episode, I know they get married again. Yes. That was that. revealed on Grey's Anatomy at one point, I think. Or somewhere. For some reason, I know that. So not a surprise to me. Anyway, poor Violet, the only person without a romantic interest or any sort of uh, hookup action. It's so sad, especially, you know, having just gone through this opening sequence where we see each of the couples in the bedroom. We see Sam and Naomi. We see Cooper and Charlotte. We see Addison and the SWAT guy. We see Pete and Meg. And then poor Violet strolling into the office alone. And then Naomi's using her as her person again now that she's again not talking to Addison, which Mm kind of was like, "Mm, okay, I love love Naomi, but I'm like, "Mm, didn't love that. Yeah. Do you but have any I more? Did, Go ahead. I do. I have. I have a few actually. Cool. Um, I, going along with just what we were speaking about, the olive branch that Addison and, and Naomi have in that scene with Violet in the hallway, it warmed my heart when Addison was like, "Um, I heard the the mean boss lady is having a meeting today," and Naomi goes, "She's not too bad once you get to know her." Mm. Oh, I love that. Um, Violet's hair at the beginning of the episode where she has that like circle headband and then her scrunched hair. That was me every single day at sleepaway camp. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> yeah. Violet's always like, serving strong hair choices. Always. Sometimes always. sometimes great strong choices, sometimes strong and wrong. But yeah. always strong. Always strong. Always strong. Um, I took a note of that because I was like, I cannot give her Sam style again because she gets Sam <laughs> style so much. Because she's um, the best. Yes. My last note of this opening section is that Dell looks so handsome in that meeting scene. I don't know if it's the lighting. I don't know if he just did some some push-ups, but he looks so handsome. Okay. <laughs> That's my line. Okay. Sorry. Sorry about it. That's fine. That's fine. I've had a, a number of dear listeners tell me that it's funny that I say okay so much. It I'm cracks like, okay. me up too. And I'm always <laughs> caught off guard when you don't say it, when I say something that would normally elicit an okay. Well, sometimes when you say it, I don't want to give anything away. So I, I got to keep my poker face. Got Unlike it, Addison it. in episode two that we'll talk about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have notes about that. All right, Sam. Who are our patients today? This episode, we have Kara Way with Depression. And Jenna, who has non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. All right. Shall we dive on into Kara 
I think we should. Do you recognize her voice from anywhere, Jackson? I didn't, but I see she was listed as a prominent guest star, which means she's famous from something. She is Mulan, the voice of Mulan. In the new picture or in the 90s with Leia? 90s. With Leia Salonga. Yeah, with Leia Salonga. Ah, I had no idea. She's the speaking voice of Mulan. Sam, I would always watch through the matchmaker sequence and then turn it off because that was my favorite part. I'm not a big like battle person, so I'd be like, great matchmaker, great song, great comedic scene, rewind, put away. Yeah. I, I loved I loved that whole movie. Um when Cooper says if she is not your best friend, if she wants you to destroy her medical records, that was the thing that I was gonna write at the very beginning, but I was like, I think I remember that someone says that it's at some point. Yeah. It's true. It is. But I don't know. It's a it's a tricky situation. It really is, especially as we learn a bit about Violet's past as it relates to to traumatic incidents as well, right? Yes. But she should not break the law for her. Sorry, yeah. Violet. Love you, Nor queen. Nor should she ask her to. She should. You know, I don't think I don't think that's so wrong. Having knowing that Violet had asked her to help bury her rape back when they were in college, she's doing the exact same thing. So I don't think it's so wrong of her to ask. Sure, it's a little immoral for her to do that when she's running for Congress. By the way, too soon for an election episode. Too soon. We just had one last week. And plus a real <laughs> oh life boy. election. And yeah. but anyway, so it's I think it's immoral for her to ask her, but I don't think I don't think it's necessarily wrong of her to ask that of her friend, you know? It's tricky situation. It's weird because She's also holding it over her head. She's like, I helped you when you needed it. Now you help me. And especially when they get into the part of uh, Violet saying, when we find out exactly what happened, and Violet says, well, what about the legal records? And she says, oh, I'm a district attorney. That was easy. I just feel like it's so slimy. It's also a little weird because we don't know if they've really been in touch much since their college days. It doesn't seem like it. So it almost seems like she's only reached out to her again for this specific specific action that she knows she can take care of. Yes. Which does make it slimier. But again, yes. because she did a similar thing for Violet back in the day, I don't think it's as wild of her to ask as others may. Okay. I know I could not ask someone to destroy my medical records. Being friends with doctors, I would not ask them to do so. I would say no. If someone asked me to destroy their medical records, but I don't think it's, I don't necessarily think it's crazy that they're doing it, you know? Okay. Okay. We'll we'll agree to disagree. Okay. I want to bring up that this episode aired, you said on, I have to scroll back November 5th, 2008. November 5th. And Obama was elected on November 4th, 2008. Wow. What an exciting day to watch an election episode. Yeah. So it's... It's funny that because we had in the last episode all the talk about, you know, voting for who's going to run the practice and all of that. And now we have the day after the election, more electoral stuff. I just think that's interesting. Also, I guess it was on Wednesdays. I don't remember it being on Wednesdays. I didn't watch it live, so I don't know. But Gray's would have been on right. Thursday. That's what I thought, too. But I guess it wasn't. I don't remember the old days. I was too young. I mean, by the time private practice ended, it was definitely TGIT. Yes. But maybe in the early years, it wasn't yet. Yeah, we'll track it and see if, you know, as we go on, maybe when we get to, I don't know, more episodes, we can see if they align with historical events and see if it switches to Thursday. I I really thought it was always on Thursdays. I know it it has to switch at some point because I was watching Grey's. By the time private practice ended. When they're at the restaurant and they're talking about affordable health care coverage. <laughs> I'm like, ha ha. LOL. And we're 13 years later. And not any closer. Not, no, no. You know what I thought was kind of dumb? Kara, when your friend steals your medical records for you and delivers them to you, why would you shred them in an office with glass walls? 
Yeah, a lot of them, like, talking in public at the restaurant and everything is so easily, like, observed. But it's just wild to me. And she takes so much time to shred it, too. I'm like, you yeah. know your volunteers are can see you. Yeah. You have like a glass wall. <laughs> wild. And she's worried about a flirty nurse. Yes. It's very – this episode, again, private practice is coming through with very strong, very obvious themes in every episode. And strong today and we're wrong. tackling <laughs> – No, I'm kidding. Not strong and wrong. <laughs> and today we're tackling <laughs> who you want to be versus who you are, which yeah. they flat out say explicitly in those exact words in the Kara sequence. So yeah. thank you, writers, for making sure we know the point of the episode. Yes, thank you, writers. Thank you, dear writers. The shredding scene was so heartbreaking. It was great. It was yeah. wonderfully acted, but it was so heartbreaking. It was. It it led me to wonder, Charlotte vouched for Violet when she was getting it out. So doesn't someone have to answer for that missing um that missing file? You know, I thought the same thing, but I guess I guess the show doesn't care enough to uh to let us know what happened. That's you know, clearly, Violet still has a job. Charlotte left her job. So, I guess everything worked out fine. Do you think Charlotte left her job, or do you think she just has two jobs now? How would she have time for two full-time jobs? That's what I say, but you'll see. All right, all right, okay. <laughs> Poor Violet. I'm just here alone. Such a mood. Yeah. Such a 2021 mood, Violet. I love you, Violet. You're my fave. She, and, yeah. And I love Cooper showing up for her when she needs him and starting to mend mend their relationship at that point. It's sweet. And we see a lot more of that in episode six as well. All right. Do you have anything else for Kara? I'm all done with Senator Way. All right. Did she get elected? We don't know, but that's just what I'm going to call her. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Shall we move on to Jenna? Let's do it. Of course she's dying. That was the least surprising reveal ever. Yeah. Do you recognize her from anything? She looks like Fanning, but she's not. She does. Yeah, they have similar similar features. She is the spare parts twin that we were talking about a few weeks ago that Callie talks to on Grey's Anatomy. Oh. The character's name on Grey's is Donna Woods in season 10. Yeah. It's the same actress. Got it. Actress's name is Erin Way, which was funny because when we first saw... um. Jenna, they were talking about Caraway, spelled differently. This is W-A-Y. Karen is W-E-I. Um, but yeah, it's the same actress from the... I call her the spare parts girl, but I mean, that's mean. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's the same same person, Donna Woods. Wow. This is such a tough case. Like usual... The team is just too close to her. They've spent too much time in her life for them to see see what they what they need to see, right? It's who you are versus who you want to be, what you want to see versus what is actually there in reality. And like it's clear Jenna is not going to be strong enough to carry that baby to term, no. and it's not fair to put that on her boyfriend when she dies right after it's born. It's like it's wild to me that they did that. And mm -hmm. and I knew something was up when they started playing ominous music when Jenna was talking to Tay Diggs about the July baby. I said, oh, Ooh, yeah. things are going down. And boy did they, Sam. They did, they did. I was cringing watching Addison talk to Nick. Nick's uh -huh. the husband's name, right? Yeah. Um, I was absolutely cringing. It was so uncomfortable. That's her new thing. Confronting patients in uncomfortable ways because nobody else in the practice will say what they need to. Yeah. And these conversations need to be conducted. They should be conducted by Violet in, you know, using appropriate techniques. Um, the way Addison is having these conversations is very cringy. But, but at least these conversations are happening. It's, again, a tricky situation because she's not, nobody is handling it correctly. No one, yeah. I loved the way that Naomi put it all together at the end when she talked to everybody. Um, it was a little cheesy, but I wasn't mad about it. Yeah, same. Yeah. I mean, I'm never going to be mad about Audra McDonald doing something that's cheesy writing. Yeah. 
I'm never going to be mad about seeing Audra McDonald anywhere on a screen or in person. And never, ever. I loved it. Um, do you want to move on to Cooper and Charlotte's relationship? Yeah, I do. LOL okay. at Footloose Charlotte. What a mood. <laughs> we lo- having grown up in a Footloose town, it it made me made me chuckle. Also, we love we love HIV and STD testing. Thank you for for making such a point to to let your audience know that that is a thing you should be doing. Mm-hmm. Private practice, good work. Mm-hmm. Yep. Isn't the like we said before? Isn't being the chief of staff at Ambrose enough job for one person? Like, how does Charlotte have this many hours in a day? I don't know. I thought she was leaving the hospital to do her other job. And how, she's always everywhere. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe she has a time turner. Oh, now I'm going to be making Charlotte Hermione comparisons. But does that make Cooper Ron? I guess I guess no. that tracks. Eh, maybe a does little. Does that make Violet Harry? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, she is she. She's the star in my mind, Sam. She's she is the star in she my is. mind. I love having this HIV test as a a device to set up Charlotte and Cooper to not be able to have such a physical relationship for the day. You know, they can't have sex to force them to speak. They have to speak, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I loved I loved the show setting that up to force them to have have conversations, which are becoming more frequent, but are still, you know, rare. We see a lot of them in bed together and not as much talking. Um, finally, I was very excited. Then five seconds later, I said, oops, JK, I guess they're just going <laughs> to kiss instead. Yeah, I feel like they're the comic relief of the show at this time. Like, yeah. what's she going to wear now? What are they going to pretend yeah. now? Every week I just have a note in all capital letters that just says Charlotte. And I never know what I'm referring to. I'm assuming it's her bedroom antics and looks. I'm sure. Because she serves... Like- looks she does she does also lol at that footloose bedroom set that cooper i know all the hay how did he have time for that and where did he source the hay they're in los angeles yeah but we say it's in the fall right yeah i feel like there's definitely a michael's somewhere or some sort of craft store that has those outside displays I forgot how sneaky Charlotte is in getting this space. She's very sneaky. She uses this privileged information for her own game, and I don't love that for her. I don't either. I forgot about that. All right. So now now it's time for some miscellaneous notes to wrap up this episode. Yes, sirree. Addison, six days a week? What is this, Broadway? Wait, six days a week she does what? Working at the practice. Oh, yeah. I was just making a joke. Anyway. Oh. I got you, got you, got you. I guess my my funny bone isn't installed today. I guess not. <laughs> um, I was like, yeah, it's usually doctor's offices are open six days a week, if not seven. Yeah, that's true. Just I know. maybe different different doctors work different days. I don't know. Right. Also, Dell, why would you make him the bill collector? He's too nice. He's too nice for that. He's not a good enforcer. Is ear piercing something that's routinely done in a doctor's office? No, it's routinely done at Claire's. That's what I thought. I mean, Claire's, I was not allowed to get my ear pierced at Claire's because it's just, I don't know, probably not the smartest idea. I got mine done at Piercing Pagoda in the middle of the mall. Um, but I feel like you, our years, like our age, got it done at Claire's and stuff, places like that. Now I feel like pl- people are taking their kids to tattoo parlors to get it done. I've seen that as well. It makes a lot more sense, but I I guess maybe sometimes they're done at doctor's offices. Maybe. They have the equipment. We have intel from one of our patrons that in the 1970s, people did go to the doctor's office to get their ears pierced. Um, thank you, dear patron. And it's still an option now, apparently. Apparently it is. Um, why he still got his ear infected is news to me. It was done pretty quick. Cooper yeah. was just kind of like, bing! Yeah. But it was with a nail gun that they do. Not a nail gun. Piercing gun that they use at the mall. Right. Yeah. Interesting. I just want to say again that I love seeing Maya. Yeah. I do too. And oh, poor Maya getting her hopes up throughout this episode. Oh, it breaks my heart. Yeah. A little bit of of trauma there. Yep. And speaking (laughs) of Sam and Naomi, what... They've been sitting on this empty office space that's just eating up money 
without telling anyone, which is so irresponsible. And they kept they kept saying, oh, a five-year lease means we're giving up on our future. No, it doesn't. That's five years. Yeah. That's yeah. not permanent. Get it together. I agree. It's like I understand the sentimental attachment to the space and the dreams that the space represents. But leasing it out is temporary. It's a lease, not a purchase. Yes. I'm very confused on the layout of the building. Because their name is on the outside of the building. Right? Yeah. But they're only on one floor, but it seems to be like a four or five floor building. Maybe they're the only business that the public interacts with in person in the building major tenant and they would have maybe paid paid extra for outdoor signage i don't know or worked out a deal no but i think that they have to own it they have to own at least those two floors right they own those floors yeah so and they paid extra for outside signage i gotcha that's my guess i gotcha or worked out some sort of deal with their purchase to get that yeah 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 do you have any more notes for this episode? Do you have any more miscellaneous? I'm just, ugh, I was really rooting for Naomi and Sam. And and I know they will, obviously, later. But I just want, I want it now. I want them to pick up those broken pieces, move forward instead of backwards, figure out a new way, a new way to make the relationship work, right? You can't go back to before, in the words of Marin Maisie. You can never go back to before. You've got to you've got to pick up the pieces that are now different shapes, right? And find a way to fit them together to move forward to the future. And I know they're going to. I just I just want it now. Especially ugh, Maya got our hopes up. Maya got all of our hopes up. And that's all I have for this episode. Maya didn't get your hopes up. Sam and Naomi got your hopes up. Seeing it through Maya's eyes got my hopes Made up. Made your heart go pitter patter. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Do you have any other notes? Um, that's all I have for this Let It Go episode. I think we should let it go. Let's turn away and slam the door on episode five and move on over to episode six, our new ice episode palace. Episode six, rage on. Episode six never bothered me anyway. Um, It's actually one of my favorite episodes. This is my first note. I love the patience I love the office downstairs. I love Addison at the crime scene that always gives me a chuckle. I love meeting Betsy. I love Naomi with Franny. I love all of it. It's a great episode. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I would be so, so nervous if my SWAT team boyfriend came over and brought his work gun with him and like put it in the, put it in the drawer. Oh, it just makes me, just makes my skin crawl. It makes me so anxious. Uh, Yeah. Come on SWAT team guy. I really don't like that at all. I was going to have that be my first note, and I was like, I'm sure Jackson will bring it up so I don't have to talk about gun safety and how much I yes. <laughs> don't like that. Same. <laughs> Not that I would expect Addison to have a safe. I mean, no, she probably does have a safe. I don't know. What, you can't leave your gun in the car. I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. just don't know. I don't like that. I don't that. know. I don't either. Um, more about me not understanding Christopher Gilmore, Dad. It's really charming at the... Um, bar when we see sam so self-conscious oh yeah that was cute it's so charming it is oh and that that nervous smile adorable yeah good work yeah. tay diggs <laughs> i love it um i also love the opening scene i just love everything about this episode and the opening scene when they're all together as an ensemble in the like lunchroom in the break room kitchen yeah kitchen when they're yeah, when they're all working off each other. And in our Get Out the Vote and PP Instagram Live that I uh, put on our Instagram a couple – it wasn't our Instagram Live. What was it? It was a Get Out the Vote and Private Practice – Event. Um, event, yes. It was a Zoom event. I remember them all talking about how much they loved these scenes where they all got to be together because they usually all didn't get to work together very much. Like you would have like the guys and the gals or you would have like some couples or like maybe some like – four or five people but you never had them all together and all of them were together in the lunchroom and I was thinking about how cute that scene was and how wonderful Violet's poker face is not yeah and I was I was thinking about how much the actors enjoyed filming that right right love that yeah love that for them speaking of Violet 
She has a quote early on in this episode, this banging has to stop. And let me tell you, listeners, that was what I said 24 hours a day at the last house I lived in. Constant outdoor machinery sounds, constant trucks driving by very, very loudly. You could hear every single noise in this house I lived in. It was just noise 24 hours a day, outside, inside, in the air, everywhere. And I feel for this office today. It made for some interesting recording sessions. It certainly did. My old apartment, there used to be a car dealership across the street. And then it closed about like a month into the pandemic. And it wasn't just a singular car dealership. It had four or five different dealerships in the building. So they all closed, which was not a great sign. Yeah. Um, and then they gutted the entire building down to the studs. And it was so loud all the time. Ugh. I hate noise. And then, yeah, they, the workers would cross the street and smoke directly under my apartment. And I had to go down and be like, excuse me, please don't. They were like, oh, okay. So they moved four feet to the side. And I was like, still, please don't. I think Pete would have um, appreciated my fervor. Absolutely. He sure would have. Yes. I love the mention of Derek Shepard. Just Naomi casually mentioning Dr. Derek Shepard. And I go, oh. Hi, Grey's Anatomy. I don't remember why she brought him up, but I remember that she did. I don't either, and I feel like that's something I would have written down. I mean, Maybe I just... Addison talks about him later, but yes. there's an obvious Which, reason for that. Yes, and I was thinking about him when Naomi was looking up her clinical trial. But I think we can talk about that once we talk about our patients for the day. Today, we have Francis who has Alzheimer's disease or maybe normal pressure hydrocephalus. We never find out. And we have Amy Larson and Laura Larson, who are both pregnant and deceived. All right. Shall we jump on in with Francis? Yeah. What's your first note on Francis? Another Grey's Anatomy Universe Alzheimer's episode. So sad, but so Grey's. Yeah. Naomi's a genius. And she has a giant heart, and I'm obsessed with her. Yeah. And I just love imagining her and Derek studying together in college and, like, nerding out over clinical trials. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Love that. Yeah. It's it's so hard to watch this couple navigate her illness. Yeah. Because the situation is so dangerous yeah. for her. But at the same time, I mean, I've obviously not been in this situation, but... It's got to be so hard to have to deal with the physical decline of the love of your life and wrestle with how to best help them, even if you may have, you know, verbally said you wouldn't help them in a specific way earlier, you know? Um, like, she needs she needs 24-hour help. And mm-hmm. he had told her, you know, he promised he wouldn't put her in a nursing home. But mm-hmm. that's what, what needs to be done. And it's just so hard to see see the husband navigate that he's not doing well either he's not when she opened her eyes i gasped i did not Ooh. expect that i thought she was gonna you didn't die. see it coming really no i thought she was gonna die i yeah. watched you know i've watched way more Grey's anatomy than private practice i'm used to patients dying yes so i thought she was gonna die and then i gasped and then her mini shonda log to him oh was so moving i loved her you know realizing i'm sick aren't i you put me in this nursing home. You're still going to love me. You're going to visit me all the time. It's what we need to do. And it was ugh, yeah. it was heartbreaking and beautiful, and I loved it. I love that Naomi just plays along as Helen. Yeah. She's yeah. a good doctor. When Sam is doing the spinal tap, why Sam is doing the spinal tap, I'm not sure. I feel like they would get neuro in there. I don't know. Um, but he says, just another minute, I promise. And I said, Dr. Bailey told me to never make a promise. So I don't know why he's making promises. They always do that sort of stuff on private practice. On private practice they do, but not on Grey's Anatomy because Dr. Bailey says so. Right, because Dr. Bailey is smart. Yes. I mean, these doctors are all smart too. Dr. Bailey is sensible in a way that these doctors may not be so sensible. Yeah, Dr. Bailey is on another level. She is. Real queen. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And she sings. Uh, I mean, so do Tay and Audra, but. Not on private practice yet. Not here. The duality when Sam and Naomi are talking outside the hospital, 
and talking about Frances and her husband and how it like they're sort of talking about themselves. It was cute when they were when they would find common ground. Shall we move on to Amy and Lara? At first, I was so annoyed with Daniel before I knew what was happening. Laura is saying, oh, he's always off working. He's always off working. Just a reminder, listeners, obviously we know that that's not the case in this particular situation. Living to work is not healthy. Make sure you're working to support the rest of your life, not vice versa. Don't buy into the American myth. Yes, I would agree. I talk about this literally every day, as <laughs> as everyone in my life can attest. It's my It's my new thing. Yes, yes. I love this storyline. Like, as much as one can like this storyline, I love this storyline. I agree. Yeah. But Addison needs to work on her poker face for this diagnosis. As I said at the top of the episode, her poker face is not there. It's never there. I feel like she used to sort of have one on Grey's Anatomy. But whatever L.A. has done to her, she's cleaning up messes poorly. And she has no poker face when she needs to in in the ultrasound room. But then I realized... Very quickly, when when she kept talking about him always being gone, I was like, oh, I bet he has a mistress on the side. The episode title kind of gave it away, too, Serving Two Masters. And speaking of these two relationships, Pete and Addison have a very interesting discussion with a lot of valid points here. Being in relationships with two people does not mean... That you're not loyal and committed and in love with them both. There's a way to do that and to do that healthily, right? Sure, it comes with its own unique challenges, but you've got to be honest and open and have it be consensual for everyone involved. Lying about it like he does makes him a terrible person. Yeah, we're going to agree to disagree on that first part and we're going to agree on the second part. (laughs) All right, sure. I feel like... It's just, I mean, unless there is a fundamental agreement between all parties. Right. I said it would have to be consensual between everyone. Yeah. I mean, I guess I wanted to get a little bit more into how he met the second wife. Because if he was just like out with friends and they met at a bar, I'm not interested in that at all. If they, I don't know, I guess they couldn't work together because then he would, she would know that he had a wife of 12 years. Right. I just can't think of a way that they would... That's the word I'm looking for. Spontaneously meet in a way that she wouldn't know that he was married. Yeah, that part's weird because... You know what I mean? It's very hard to keep that totally secret when you're married. Sure, like if you're like dating two people, you can... Like casually, you can kind of keep that a secret if you wanted to. I wouldn't recommend that because I don't think that's very healthy. If you want to be in an open relationship, communicate about that and set you know, set guidelines around that, which I'm totally cool with. Even if you want to have serious relationships with multiple people, as long as you're all on board from the start and on the same page, right? Yeah. But I just don't know how you could, sure, like if you were just having like a casual hookup with somebody, you know, once or twice, you could, you know, not let it slip that you're married. But how do you marry two different people and not have either of them figure it out? That's wild to me. And, like, the state doesn't intervene. Right. That was weird, too. Using the same name. Yeah, it was It was odd. In the age of the internet? Yeah. Because we, we agreed they can't meet at work because work would know he's married. They can't meet through friends because friends would know he was married. So, like, he would have to have gone out. On his own. Yes. And either looked for it or have been very open to it. I mean... To be fair, again, I'm. I think he's a terrible person. Yes, but he's scum. You could go out to a bar by yourself for a drink when you're married. Sit down Not at the bar. Not wearing a ring. What if he doesn't wear a ring normally? Not everybody does. Sit at the bar and strike up a conversation with the person next to you. Not actively seeking love or a rendezvous or anything, and and connect. I do think that's possible. But I don't think he's a good person. Yeah, Amy doesn't strike me as someone who would strike up a conversation with someone at a bar. It seems to me that this husband would have to start the conversation right. with her. I would agree. If you, listeners, if you have a way that you think that this could have been innocent on all parts, please let us know because we're struggling to 
I mean, we all agree that he's horrible, but if you have a way that we can work around this, please let us know. Also, how can you bring both wives to the same practice? That is, regardless of your concerns, that's just not smart. Take her to another great doctor. I'm, I'm still confused how they live in the same city. LA is huge. He, yeah, but I, I, even if like one's in Santa Monica and one's in Woodland Hills or like even San Diego, you have two children that are going to be born within months of each other who will probably be going to school together who have the same last name. And if they don't go to school together, then when they get older and they start, I don't know, playing sports or doing shows or in like, I don't know, model UN, you say, oh, your last name's Larson. Are you related to? And then you say your dad's name and you're like, yeah. And then you show you pictures and you're like, whoa. I disagree with you here, Sam. I do think in a city as large as L.A., they could make it through their entire youth without meeting each other. For example, in my life, I lived in a small town of 40,000 people. There were probably thousands of kids I never interacted with, saw, or heard of in my hometown. Eventually, I think that they would have to run into each other. Or have mutual friends. Okay, maybe. The mutual friends part is what I think is doing it. We can absolutely agree to disagree again. <laughs> but I, a mutual friends, I think, is what, what gets See, what gets I think what's going to get to me is the dad not being smart enough with his decisions. And he's just going to ruin it all himself just like he did. That's how I see it all falling and them finding out about each other. Also, the two wives look almost the same. I couldn't tell who was who unless the doctor said the name of the patient. Oh, no. Amy is the first wife. Oh. Laura is the second wife. But Laura is the one we see first because he says a little baby Laura. How did these wives find out so quickly? Like, how did they figure it out? What did they say? I have no idea. It happened really, really fast. Maybe they realized that they both look exactly the same. Or maybe it's just like, oh, when are you due? Oh, my my husband, Daniel. Your husband's Daniel? Daniel Larson? What does he do? It's like, your husband can't be Daniel Larson. I don't know. It did happen very fast. Very quickly. Who yeah. knows? And then Addison says, cheating ruins lives. I'm like, yeah, okay, Addison, speaking from yes. experience. Okay. You know, all cool, of cool, these... Cool, cool. These conversations need to be addressed. But since, like we've been saying, since Addison was elected to run the practice, she's been handling them, these messes, so poorly. You've got to get Violet involved and have Violet handle these things. They're all therapy problems. Also, this one, really, honestly, this was not their problem to deal with. Really, it's nice of them to do it for the wives in the long run. But it really isn't their problem to deal with unless the wives Mm -hmm. brought it up, you know. It should be addressed somehow in their lives because it's not fair to them for their husband to lie to both of them. But, you know. And after he lies to them, I love Laura showing up for Amy in the birthing suite. I thought that was really sweet. Yeah, that was my next note that I love them making this new little family with the moms. And Pete kicking him out. Yep. I just said bravo, Pete. Bravo. Shall we move to our Cooper, Charlotte, Violet? Yes. I'd love to. I love Violet's talks with Cooper throughout this episode. It's, of course, incredibly painful for her to to experience him having this, this relationship with Charlotte when they've been so close and had this sexual tension between them for years. But she makes such an effort to give him permission to have hope, to celebrate these steps forward he's made, despite her not necessarily liking Charlotte or being happy that he's with someone else. I love I love it when she said real is a good thing. It really is, Violet. Real is a good thing. And you too are being real in that moment. And I love that. Ugh, I love Violet. She's my favorite. I wonder what it says about us that your favorite is Violet and my favorite is Charlotte. I mean, <laughs> Violet is the most Jacksonian character on the show. Charlotte is not the most No, Samantha. it's not. I don't know. 
I get people love her. I like her. I think I like Violet the best because I relate most to her. Okay, that's fair. Also, Charlotte, you need to tell Coop about your construction team. Secrets, the opposite of a Violet here. These secrets are not healthy. You're not technically lying, but you're lying by omission. That's an important... Mm -hmm. Sure, he doesn't need to know everything going on with you at this point in your relationship, since it is still pretty new. But opening a medical practice a few floors below him is something he needs to know. And switching jobs in general is something that he needs to know. 100%. Yeah, did she just expect him not to find out? Like, I'm confused about how she expected this to go. I don't think she thought too far into it. I guess not. I mean, she is pretty sneaky. So maybe yeah. she'd maybe she'd make it. I don't know. No, he would find out eventually. Right. But maybe maybe the relationship wouldn't last that long. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know what she was thinking, but especially like you're in the same industry. You gotta let him know. Like, you know, your your work choices are so intertwined with his no matter what, in the world of medicine with referrals mm-hmm. and emergency medicine in the hospital etc at the end when we think she's gonna tell him and then she yeah, doesn't it's like charlotte i roll I just wanna be like, yeah i said be a big girl and tell him like you can do it yeah i just wrote in all capital letters charlotte yes that's one time when you said charlotte and you know what it's referring yeah i said well it's in every episode this one multiple times so <laughs> this time i just knew because of where it was placed yeah it it floors me that last episode and partially this episode their whole thing is about taking a big step in the relationship and being truthful and being together and she is just emitting this very important piece of information from him yep that's true to life right people aren't gonna be follow their plans perfectly and they're gonna they're not gonna be they're not gonna be perfect in situations like this some things are hard to talk about and I do like that that's, you know, kind of true to life, despite it driving us crazy. So for Addison and Kevin, I don't have very much for them. But when Addie puts her hair down when they're on the deck and she's with Gilmore Dad, i.e. Kevin, i.e. Christopher, um, it actually looks like a real normal person's hair when they take their hair out of their ponytail. And I appreciate that detail. Like, it's not perfect. She just takes her hair out. I don't know if it's planned. I don't know if it's just an improv, real-life moment that Kate Walsh has in that scene. But when she takes her hair down, it looks like a normal person's hair. And yeah. I loved that. I just love that. See, my first thought in this this storyline within this episode was the same as Addison's. Gilmore Dad is cheating on her was my first thought. Because, like, she's been been thinking about her past experiences with infidelity, thanks to him saying, I love you, um, and that scaring her. And then their discussion about the husband of the two pregnant women and his his lies and then him getting all those missed calls, I would have thought the same thing as Addison. I really would have. I probably would not have chased him to his SWAT team location. They did that on mom <laughs> this week too. <laughs> same exact thing, except I it was funny. Watched. Well, they just ended up in the hospital parking lot instead, even though it was oh, a police fine. officer. They had to get Wendy in there somehow. It's... I get I get her being scared by him saying I love you. I don't get her jumping to the cheating conclusion. And I get the whole thing where if it's something of, oh, the last person who said I love you to me was Derek. And then I cheated on him and then he cheated on me. But, but then it again, was. she initiated that cheating. No, the last person who said I love you to her was Mark. Who she cheated on Derek with. With, so yes, it's with, still, again, her still, own doing. But still, that gets the infidelity cogs turning in the mind, right? In and the then brain. having spent the entire day dealing with the guy with the two wives, like that's going to make you worry that, as well. Yes, that, that doesn't more. That yeah, doesn't I don't more, think she would have jumped to that conclusion if that hadn't happened. I think she would have been scared, but I don't think she would have jumped to that conclusion. And you know what? It probably has something to do with her doing her work on her bed and not separating her lives. Probably. It may. Do you have anything else for Addison and Kevin? It's just wild to me that Addison's so firmly on her high horse about cheating when she started the whole thing with Mark in New York. She did. It's it's probably because, like, if you if you learn a song, then you hear right, it everywhere. Exactly. 
it's probably that kind of thing, but I don't know. Yeah, same. I don't know. Honestly, any chance for me to talk about Mark Clone is a plus. Very so. good. Very good. Now, <laughs> moving on, do you know what surprised me today, Sam? Um, I can think of a lot of things, but why don't you tell me? Dell is a daddy. What? I had no idea. What a surprise. I did not see that coming, private practice. You shocked me. I gasped, just like I did with Francis last My week. My smile is so big. My smile is so big. Yes, Betsy. Betsy, baby Betsy. Our first our first Betsy appearance. Um, dear listeners, remember the um folder that I put in our shared Google Drive that says not for Jackson's eyes? I added another note to it. About Betsy? I'm not gonna tell you okay. that. Okay. But they will know. Our listeners will know. The Dell and Addison scene. At 8 minutes and 55 seconds, we can see the ceiling of the set. Huh. I didn't notice that. I'll have to go back. It was weird. Yeah. It was really weird. I, I rewound because first I thought maybe it's just because, you know, I in my heart of hearts believe that this is a real world with real people in it and we're just watching a documentary, I guess. Um, I know that it's not that, but sometimes I like to pretend that it is. It's not. <laughs> I rewound because I... My my brain, my fictional brain is like, oh, they have a skylight in that building? No. We can see the ceiling of the wow. set. We can see where the wall ends and where the lights begin. And we can see like the whole – That's wild. Yeah. Eight minutes and 55 seconds. Go back to – do we think that's a goof or do we think that they wanted us to think that um, – that there's a skylight Probably in there? I don't know. The, the camera angle is very huh. low. So I'm kind of thinking maybe the camera is from Addison's point of view or something? Maybe. I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. It was, it was, I, I decided that I should note yeah. that. I feel like the title of this episode should be Don't Say a Word because they say don't say a word a lot or like don't tell her about this. What's your style today, Sam? So as we said before, I was going to give it to Violet and her beginning of um, episode one's hair or episode five, but our episode one today. But I decided to give it to Nick, who is Jenna's husband in episode five. Um, he has an Abercrombie pullover and then he has an Abercrombie striped polo. And it just reminded me of everything that 17 year olds would be wearing in 2008. And what they'd smell like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Either, either that Abercrombie or that Hollister or Axe. Oh God. All three. Or a combination of all of yes. them. <laughs> oh. Who's our guest star spotlight today? Our guest star spotlight today is Kim Hamilton, who played Francis in episode six. So Kim grew up in Los Angeles, and she had aspirations of becoming a model in her youth. She had trouble finding work, um, and a lot of that had to do with her race. So she ended up enrolling in acting courses and building a career as a performer. Her television debut was in 1955 on the Amos and Andy show, and she made her film debut in 1957's Something of Value. So as you can tell, she made her, her career debuts quite a long time ago. Her career spanned over 50 years. She appeared in a ton of TV shows, several films as well. Um, she was in the To Kill a Mockingbird film. She had guest appearances on The Twilight Zone, All in the Family, Law and Order as two different characters, The Jeffersons, mm. Guiding Light, Alice, and so many more. She was also, fun fact, the only black performer with a speaking role to ever appear on Leave it to Beaver. I, I wish I could say that was surprising. It's um, not. That was a yeah, long time ago. It's a shame. but um, Yeah, it is a shame. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look that up. I used to watch Leave it to Beaver when I was home from school sick. <laughs> And also an artist, director, and writer, multi-hyphenate, Columbia University honored Kim for her achievements in 2007 at an event at our own Museum of the City of New York. And perhaps our most fun fact is that Kim's final television appearance prior to her death in 2013 was this episode of Private Practice. I don't think that's a fun fact. Right. I wouldn't call it fun, <laughs> but... But like a good a good performance to go out with. Yeah. Oh, she, that makes me so sad. She was incredible. She was absolutely incredible. All right. So we only have one piece of trivia for this episode, which is that episode five aired in early November, but takes place in October since Jenna mentions that her baby would be born in July. 
So we've got a little timeline information there. It just lines up pretty, pretty closely with Close, yeah. where they're actually airing. Not perfectly, but it does give us confirmation that the episode does take place in the fall of 2008. Okay. So yeah, we know yeah, yeah. we know where we are in time. I yes. know the Grey's Anatomy universe timelines can be a little crazy. Yeah. And not make a lot of sense. But right now, private practice is making sense. Good. I love that. I want to know what is playing in Jackson's jukebox. All right. I've got three predictions today, Sam. One, Cooper and Charlotte are going to continue getting more serious. That's pretty obvious, I think. And I think we'll see a lot of work um, on repairing the friendship between Cooper and Violet in the process. Because I don't think it's possible for him to get into this serious relationship without addressing his relationship with Violet as well for for the health of both relationships. Two, Violet's got to get a love interest or at least a good hookup. It is not fair for her to be the only person in the office without prospects. So that's got to happen. Please, writers, you're killing me. You're killing me. Anyway, moving on. Third point. Okay. (laughs) I think we'll see a few additional patient situations come up that the rest of the staff will handle very poorly. Addison's going to come in with make some dramatic poor choices to clean up their messes. A little too late in the medical journeys of these patients, just as we've seen the past few episodes. And that's my jukebox. Okay. Can I ask if you have any um, predictions about anything having to do with Dell? No. Okay. I'm not that invested in him. I was so invested in his journey in season one, and then that finale made me so mad at him. And now I just feel kind of neutral toward him. I don't love him. I don't hate him. It's just there to me. Would there be anything that he could do to redeem himself for you? No. I just think, like, I again, he's neutral to me right now. He's, okay. I'm just not drawn to him. Okay. You're, I know you're very drawn to Violet. Is there anyone else that you're drawn to? You know, I really like all of the women. Yes. Addison, Naomi, Violet. They're my favorite three. Okay. And I really like Cooper, too. I like Cooper. Okay. Um... And Pete always has moments that surprise me in a good way. Yeah. But then I forget about him between those moments. Mm -hmm. So we are planning. um, We have a Grey's Anatomy crossover event coming that we should have some exciting information for our dear listeners about soon. But Jackson, can I ask you if you have any jukebox um, predictions of what that – crossover will entail i mean i've seen the gray's anatomy half of it before oh do you remember what do you remember about it it's her brother right addison's brother okay is the patient okay that's all i remember okay okay i don't have any predictions i'm excited to see our people richard bailey i assume they love giving chandra wilson crossovers so uh so i'm sure she'll be there yeah and we've got to see richard and Derek probably Um, There's another crossover event leader in private practice um, that Lexi has like a bigger part in. And I I love Lexi. She's my rising. Or is she my my sign? I forget. What did we say? I don't remember. I don't remember. (laughs) Lexi is somewhere in my grades astrology. Yes. Um, What's your rating in MVP, Sam? So my MVP is Naomi for – you know, figuring out what's wrong with Francis for being so basically just being so good with Francis and being so good to Maya and going with the flow, even though her heart is breaking about Sam and trying to extend an olive branch to Addison. Trying. Very good. Very good. Yeah. My MVP, I had a hard time choosing this week, um, but I went with Violet. Does she always handle everything in the best way in these two episodes? No. But she's put in some difficult situations, right? With Kara and the medical records being the one person who already is aware of Cooper and Charlotte, um, but not having really addressed it in depth yet. I thought she handled the situations as well as she could have. The medical records I would have done went a little differently with, as we've discussed <laughs> earlier. But, you know, I thought she really was a trooper and and pulled through, especially in the relationship with Cooper. So... I pick, and I just love her. So Violet. Yes. 
Okay, okay. What's your rating? The Jersey Shore. It is. There's a lot of messy stuff here. There's a lot of sexy stuff here. It felt very Jersey Shore. Okay. You mean the... The real the, the real shore, not the, the TV geographical show. location, yes. Correct. Um, My rating is a windy walk on the beach with no shoes. Okay. You know how it's really hard to walk on the beach? And yeah. even if it's a short distance, your your legs are really doing the work, your muscles are sore the next day. Yep. It just feels like they're, especially the stuff with the practice and with Addison being in charge... It feels like they're working so hard, but there's so much working against them as well. And, you know, the the grains of sand are not helping, but right. you're determined and you're going to get where you want to go. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at Podcast. And be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor to be the first to hear future episodes. You can find me on Instagram at all.that.jax. And you can follow me at Samantha G. Harris on all social media. Theme music for this episode was composed by Samantha G. Harris. If you'd like to support Beach Houses and Babies, please consider leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcast. It really is so helpful. Um, and also sharing us with a friend. You can also become a patron at patreon.com slash B-H-A-B podcast. On our next episode, we'll be discussing Private Practice Season 2, Episodes 7 and 8. They're available to stream on Netflix and Hulu and can also be purchased on iTunes, Amazon, DVD, and more. If you have thoughts you'd like to share with us on these episodes, please DM us on Instagram at Podcast or email us at bhabpodcast at gmail.com to be featured on our listener mail segment. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye. TGIT. What?